Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When F1 racer Alex Zanardi started the American Memorial Race on September 15th, 2001, he was already a champion. The fearless Italian was adored by fans, respected by his peers, and considered one of the best drivers on the planet. As the race at Lausitz Ring wore on, Zanardi found himself at the front of the pack. He had won back-to-back kart titles in America just two years prior, and to capture his first F1 win would send his rising star even higher into the stratosphere. But fate had other plans. By the end of the race, Zanardi was on a helicopter to Berlin, clinging to his life. Moments before, he and his race car were split in half at 190 miles per hour by a fellow driver after Zanardi spun out of control exiting pit row. Crack picks up the lead. Oh, and Zanardi, oh, with a terrible crash. Days later, Zanardi miraculously woke up in a hospital bed, but looked down to see that both of his legs were gone. His career and his life as he knew them were over. What circumstances led to this pivotal moment in Alex Zanardi's life? How did the race world respond to this seismic event? And even more intriguing, how does one recover mentally, much less physically, from such a horrifying accident? If there weren't so many people who witnessed this man's incredible journey, you'd think that most of what we're about to tell you is some kind of high-octane fairy tale that isn't humanly possible. Well, none of this is fiction. Today on Past Gas, we're taking a deep dive into one of the most mind-blowingly inspirational figures in racing history, Alex Zanardi. Past Gas Podcast. It's about cars. It's not about sports. Zanardi ring. Zanardi ring. You did it, Joe. You cracked the code. We can go home with that pun. You know, he's got a special edition NSX. I did not know that. You're, it looks like you're looking at it right now. Yeah. It's a one of 51. One just sold for $277,000. Dang. 
I don't know if I want, but I would very much like to drive one of the new NSXs, which is going out of production uh, pretty soon. I want to drive anything. Get me out of my Forerunner, please. <laughs> you don't like your Forerunner anymore, <sighs> dude? It's these gas prices are killing me. <laughs> I think most of anything that you want to drive in a fun way is going to have bad gas mileage. Not a Porsche Taycan. Yeah, not a Porsche true. Taycan. You guys which are, which we discussed last week. Mm-hmm. You guys are converts now, huh? And I'm going to yeah, bring definitely. it up every episode until Porsche gives me a car. Listen, Porsche, I'm already on the line with Haribo gummy bears. <laughs> Dude, you should get them to make like clear jelly seats for your car. I should. <laughs> That's a great idea. Um, so if you want a Porsche Haribo James Pumphrey edition Taycan, we could sell it for a lot of money. What if they just sent you the sugar-free ones that make you shit your pants? <laughs> I don't know, Joe. I guess I'd shit my pants because <laughs> I can't resist those delicious Haribo gummies. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to the show, everybody. I'm your host, Nolan Sykes. Joined this week and every week on the show <laughs> by my two co-hosts. We've got uh, Joe Weber next to me. What's up, Wink Wink Nation? Let me hear you toot toot. <laughs> oh, that, I kind of stole your, your No, you do on. toot toot. I got a new one. Okay. And that's James Pumphrey over there. I've never seen this man before in my life. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, guys? Hey. I've never seen this man before in my life. It's catchy. That's a pretty good one. Pretty I like good. that. I feel good I mentally. I feel good mentally. I just said that. <laughs> Maybe I don't. <laughs> but physically, I'm very tired because yesterday we shot we shot a lot with the high low cars. Yeah, we went to the track yesterday and shot for about a million, like probably 14 hours, 15 hours. No, uh, we were there for like 11 hours. Yeah, yeah 11 hours. Yeah. And in the heat, it was did some gnarly. drifting, yeah. had some car trouble, had a lot of fun. It was fun. We really grew closer yeah. to each other. Along the way, we're all tan AF. Yeah. So uh, make sure you watch our videos this summer to see some hot, hot boys. Yeah. Hot tan guys. But that's not the only thing on the on the burner for now. We actually have a new podcast coming out later this month, The Donut Racing Show. That's right. It's a podcast about F1. Oh, The Donut uh, Racing uh, Show is what DRS stands for? Yeah. I thought it was Doctors. No, like, no, no, that's a weird You're thing for us to dive it. into. <laughs> doctors, yeah, yeah I, I was like, we should call it doctors. It was in an email. You guys read it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Oh crap! Yeah, yeah, we made a totally a- different show. So uh, the the hosts are uh, myself, and we also have Mamet Oz. No, no, we do not. We do not have him. Uh, we have uh, Elena's King and Elizabeth Blackstock. If you read a lot of online uh, automotive journalism, you've definitely read their stuff. Uh, Alanis is over at Business Insider and Elizabeth is over at Jalopnik and they know a lot more about racing than I do. They're I'm so just smart. Gonna, they are and they're very fun and um, I but can't wait. they're not doctors. They're not doctors. Just want to make that clear everybody. Yeah. Nobody on the podcast apparently is a doctor. If you right. tune in expecting doctors, you're going to have a bad time. <laughs> yeah, but I've been, you know, we've been wanting to do a Formula One podcast here at Donut probably since I've started working here yeah, since you started donut since i started donut since i since i started working here i've been like we got to do one and now we're finally doing it uh james before we start i have a present for you for oh. you from my dad oh really a present from joe's dad 
Whoa. It's a pr- it's cactus. It's a prickly pear. I was going to say prickly pear, but then I didn't want to look like an idiot. <laughs> but uh, it says prickly pear on the bottom. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Dude, thank you. So your dad made that, Joe? Yeah, he does like wood prints. That's cool. Dude, this rules. Yeah, it's like a, a black and white of, prickly pear. I was a big fan of Joe's dad's work, and he, yeah. he gave me this. What's Joe's dad's name? James H. Weber. James, thank you for the gift. <laughs> <laughs> it's not your gift. I know, but it's... Whatever. I'm giving him a shout From out. From one James to another. Yeah. Thank you, sir. <laughs> All right. How will we get in the story of Alex Zanardi? Let's go. Let's go. Let us get into it. <laughs> All right. Born in Bologna, Italy in October of 1966, Alex Zanardi was the mischievous second child of Dino and Anna Zanardi. Young Alex's early years were somewhat aimless as he struggled to find a sport or hobby that he enjoyed. But the one thing that did consistently grab his attention was Formula One racing. Alex and his father would watch the circuit on television and eventually visited a local track. He and his father would watch the races on television and eventually they visited a local track where the boy was thrilled, albeit terrified by the experience. These cars are loud. When I went to go see Star Wars for the first time, like when they did the re-release of the first one in like 96 or whatever. Scott took you? Scott did take me. And it was so loud that I had to cover my ears the whole time when the TIE fighters were flying around because, yeah, the lasers and all that. Oh, um, Nolan <laughs> Nolan and I, like we said, were at the track yesterday, and there was, like, this five-year-old yeah. who hung out with us all day. <laughs> what? He was, like, the, the – so this is, like, kind of a – not rundown, not scummy. How would you describe Apple Valley? Grassroots, grassroots, very grassroots track, and it's run by one guy, this like older gentleman, and I guess his grandson was in town from Vegas. Yeah, and just like <laughs> this little kid with no shirt on, riding a dirt bike, five years old, riding a dirt bike yeah. around. Yeah, at least he, and he had like a just like started following us around like a stray dog, like early in the morning, and then, all day. Yeah, oh my all, god, like all day, all day from like nine a.m. till we left at like <laughs> I left at eight. Yeah, it's pretty cute. It started as very cute and yeah. kind of funny and cool, like like the beginning of a movie. Yeah. And then like he would save us, you know. He'd be like, <laughs> yeah. be like, hey, quick, this way, <laughs> and then he'd take us in a tunnel. But towards the end, he was like asking everybody a lot of questions. Yeah. Questions he didn't want the answers to. <laughs> yeah. Like, how'd you afford that house? <laughs> anyway, it was like really weird to me that. We're just like a big group of men. Yeah. With a huge van. <laughs> Yeah. And like this guy was just like, yeah, go hang out with them. Oh, and cameras. Yeah. <laughs> just thought it was weird. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Alex's older sister, Christina, excelled at everything she tried, which fueled a competitive fire in Alex. Unfortunately, in 1979, when Alex was 12 years old, his beloved sister was killed in a car accident. The tragedy devastated his family, but his parents managed to find some solace by doing everything they could to keep Alex safe as well as inspired. She was on track to be like an Olympic swing swimmer. Oh, oh yeah. wow. Zanardi poured himself into his mechanical projects. He initially focused on creating bicycle wheels out of various parts from his father's plumbing business. Uh, though his engineering was elementary, the customizations he made to his bike were enough to impress the neighborhood kids and amuse his father, who would soon gift Alex something that would change his life forever. Hey, look, Papa, I made a toilet motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> Dino was at their local bicycle shop one day, and he saw a go-kart sitting in the corner and decided to buy one for Alex. 
In his book, My Sweetest Victory, Zanardi writes that this gift was the beginning of his obsession with racing. Quote, As soon as I sat behind the steering wheel for the first time, I was breathless from excitement. From that moment on, I decided that I wanted to be a driver. Over the next five years, Zanardi would immerse himself in kart racing and design, obsessing over everything from tire technology to sticker placement. His tenacity led to various sponsorships, which expanded Zanardi's competitive map beyond Italy. International racing proved to be a learning process, as teams with more money and faster carts showed Zanardi and his manager dad that they had a ways to go before getting in with the big boys. But it didn't take long. Zanardi relished the challenge, and by 1988, he got the opportunity to make the jump to the pros. Um, his dad was his manager, just like Chris Kardashian is their manager. Yeah. <laughs> I'm rewatching the first season of The Kardashians right uh, now. Why? <laughs> because it's great and they're a, the American dream. They're a great family. They care about each other, which, you know, not a lot of people can say. But in the first season, it's like a thing. They're like, oh, I don't know if mom can handle being my manager. Mm-hmm. Now cut to the Hulu show, The Kardashians. Yeah. They live in a house made of marble. They all live in houses made of marble, mm-hmm. and they're all building new houses made of marble. Mm-hmm. They're doing good. They all look way different now, too. Mm. The 19-year-old <laughs> Zanardi made his professional debut with Team Cappuccini. Italian <laughs> Formula 3 championship. However, Alex quickly realized that he was playing second fiddle to established team driver Mauro Martini. What a Dope name. Mauro yeah. Martini. Yeah. Yeah. That's like a fake name. Yeah. So it's Copertini. <laughs> Zanardi had a more aggressive driving style than Martini, but crew mechanics fitted his car in the same way, which resulted in frustrating finishes and tension in the garage. Years later, after Alex found success in higher divisions, one of his former mechanics suggested that he needed more horsepower during his F3 days. Then why didn't you give it to me? You were a head. <laughs> What you got a mozzarella for brains? <laughs> Over the next two seasons, Zanardi eventually found his rhythm. His fast, fearless style became undeniably attractive to the upper ranks of racing. It was also during this time that Alex found himself falling for his future wife, Danielle, who he met <laughs> when she was a manager of the Venturini team. Jeez, Louise. <laughs> in 1991, Zanardi got his shot at the next level, the F3000 series, when he signed with newcomer team Barone Rampante. He won his very first race, along with another that season, and finished second in the championship. You already have the most insane names to pronounce, and no one somehow got past the intro. <laughs> you have like six of them to pronounce. Yeah. <laughs> Alex's immediate F3000 success was the talk of the racing world and led to the opportunity he dreamed of forever. Formula One. Italian names aren't that hard to pronounce because I kind of understand the rules of it. Yeah, it's like a bouncing ball. Mm-hmm. Nordic names? Yeah. No Hofdorf, way. Like, why are there so many consonants in yeah. a row? <laughs> <laughs> well, how do you pronounce KVR? <laughs> Kr. Not one, but two historic teams, Benetton and Jordan, aggressively pursued the 24-year-old star. When the dust settled, Zanardi signed with Jordan and took the wheel for the final three races of the 91 season. Zanardi showed glimmers of greatness, but as the season came to an end, Team Jordan was in serious financial trouble. 
Ooh, one of the best looking cars. Yeah, the I green knew it was and gonna blue be that. seven up livery. Yeah, I think it's so sick. Feels like if you're signing for the last three races of the season mm-hmm. and you have like two offers, mm-hmm. I feel like you would be able to do some due diligence and be like, "Are you guys gonna be around yeah. for the rest of this thing? Mm-hmm. Like, how long am I signing for?" Oh, they're sponsored by Tic Tac too. <laughs> Tic Tac Two. I love that game. In an attempt to fetch a new sponsor, they signed driver Mauricio Gulman. Mm. Mm. <laughs> so despite his promising talent, the team had to follow the money and let him go. Zanardi moved on to Minardi as a replacement driver for the injured Christian Fittipaldi for three races of the 92 season. Zanardi enjoyed the most consistent run of his F1 career that year with Lotus. He drove 11 out of 16 races and finished as high as 6th place in the Brazilian Grand Prix, but the season came to an abrupt end after a practice crash at the notorious Spa Francorchamps circuit in Belgium, which left him with a severe concussion. A sincere concussion. Yeah. I think I've had a lot of concussions. Really? Yeah. I've had one, I think. I got hit. During football practice one time so hard, I threw up. Oh, that's yeah. not good. And then when you let me go get water. You got play through the pain, Pumphrey. Yeah. Jesus. Well, mm-hmm. this this was uh, such a bad concussion that he missed the rest of the races for the season and four into the next oh, season. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 My kids are definitely going to, like, find me wandering around, like, <laughs> <laughs> in my bathrobe. Watering <laughs> the, the dog street. or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, dad got out again. Zanardi went smoother than ever. <laughs> you, you take dad. Oh, jeez. That's my future. <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, Whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. We'll be right back with more of this story, but first, a word from our sponsors. Zanardi returned to the track several months later, but the injury caused him to miss the first four races of the 94 season. He did manage to compete in 10 races, but because of constant issues with the car and his injuries, Zanardi finished in 20th out of 22 drivers. At the end of the year, his contract was not renewed. Oh, no. Things aren't looking good for Alex Zanardi. Things are not looking good for Alex Zanardi. (sighs) After his frustrating years in Formula One, Zanardi signed with Chip Ganassi Racing for the 1996 Kart Series over here in the States. Zanardi made an immediate impact in America. He claimed three wins during his rookie year and tied with Michael Andretti for second in the championship standings. Not bad. 
On top of these successes, the flashy Italian executed two of the most legendary moves of the modern era. One of these is the pass at Laguna Seca Raceway in 1996. Teammate Jimmy Vassar had basically locked up the season's championship, but the final race of the year was, by all accounts, going to be won by an upstart American, Brian Herta, a driver gunning for his first career victory. Herta held the lead for nearly half the race, but found himself in a dogfight with Zanardi on the final lap. At the top of the iconic corkscrew turn, Zanardi made his move, cutting to the inside and just clearing the front of Herta's car. However, the immediate oncoming curve was a sharp left, and Zanardi's angle from the pass sent him over the curb and into the sand. Incredibly, Zanardi kept his composure and his speed, and he managed to hop back over the curb and onto the track in front of Herta and cross the finish line 1.41 seconds ahead of him. We should watch the clip because it's pretty incredible, actually. Here we go. Throws it inside. Goes off the corkscrew into the sand, but makes it stick and stays ahead. I thought it was this left. No, no. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, not normally try to pass like because you crash. Yeah. And by the way, that's the corkscrew. So it's like a two to three story drop going yeah. downwards. He's just on the dirt making that pass. It's not a move that should have worked, but cementing that pass and winning, that uh, made him, that's like one of the best IndyCar passes, or sorry, cart series passes ever. Uh, insane. If you haven't seen this clip, pause this real quick. No. They're Watch in their car, it. probably. Okay, yeah, don't do that. When you get home and you're safe. <laughs> Text us when you're safe. Text us when you're safe. Then watch the clip. Also, if you're going to sleep over, we need to talk to their parents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the next year, 1997, was pure magic for Zanardi. He claimed his first kart championship, and one of his five wins ended in another iconic moment. After his victory at Long Beach, Zanardi invented the victory burnout. It was like half a donut. It was terrible, his teammate Vassar said. But Zanardi won so often that he started perfecting it. The adulation he received was incredible. Fans would come to us with boxes of donuts at the track. <laughs> I know what that's like. <laughs> Zanardi had such a strong year that Vassar joked he'd intentionally crash his car into the wall as his own celebratory move if he ever managed to win. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, Vassar's chance finally came at Laguna Seca one year after the pass. After claiming the checkered flag, Vassar was taking a victory lap when, as he recalled, quote, I'm coming down the corkscrew, and Zanardi pulls up alongside me, wildly waving his arms. I thought, he's happy for me, but he was actually waving. This is the last corner. You haven't crashed the car yet. So he slams into me, runs me into the wall, and helps me crash the car. That was the celebration. <laughs> it was the best time of my life. That's insane. <laughs> That's pretty fun. That's awesome. The 1998 season brought more donuts and more success. Over 19 races, Zanardi won a career high of seven times, which led to a championship trophy for the second straight year. On the heels of these back-to-back -back titles, a window in F1 opened up once again, this time when Frank Williams offered him a three-year contract beginning with the 1999 season. What? Have we done Frank Williams yet? 
No, I don't think so. I don't think so. We should. Yeah, we definitely should. Nolan, can you just from your memory tell me how Williams is doing around this time? Really good. They're they're great. They're uh, like really good. Williams won both the drivers and constructors titles in 1997, so expectations for Zanardi were high to say the least. But unfortunately, Williams's new Supertech V10 engine was a disaster. Constant mechanical problems and general bad luck meant Zanardi finished only six of 16 races with no points scored. Mutually frustrated, Zanardi and Williams agreed to terminate the contract at the end of the season. That's a little payday right there. And that's 1997 money. Never one to be deterred, Zanardi returned to the kart series in 2001 when he joined Mo Nun Racing as a test driver, then was offered a seat for the season, an opportunity that would lead to a massive life-changing moment. The day of the 2001 German... Oh, dude. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Want me to read it? The day of the 2000... I swear we don't like... We don't, we don't try to every do this. Every time. But every time... I mean, yeah, this is like the past three episodes. No, like for the past I know, two but years. Like, this is ha- we just happen to have three or four episodes in a row now yeah. where something tragic happens at this part of the story. And James has to read it. I have to read all the deaths, all the crashes. I do also get quite a few of the like huge victories. Yeah. But all of them make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> all right. The day of the 2001 German 500 had a stilted, somber energy because the terrorist attack of September 11th had occurred just four days earlier. That's the sad part, and September 11th. Also, there was the day that the dog from Airbud died. <laughs> Not of natural causes. Not of natural causes. He was bungee jumping. <laughs> Uh, you know those Hollywood stars. Yeah, for an airbud for uh, quite a long leash. <laughs> <laughs> there was even talk of canceling the competition, but the German host committee decided to go ahead with the race and call it the American Memorial as a tribute to the victims of their families. Zanardi was having a mediocre season with Mo Nunn, but as the race at Lausitz Ring progressed, it seemed like things were about to turn around. Alex was finally getting a handle on his car and was leading with only 13 laps to go. Then disaster struck. Zanardi exited the pit lane and his car spun into the path of fellow racer Alex Tagliani, who slammed into him at more than 190 miles per hour. Jesus. Like flush into the side of his car. That's so fast. As Zanardi puts it, unfortunately, I did my stupid pirouette and kept spinning until his car's nose was pointing directly at my car's waist. The only protection for my legs was the Kevlar bodywork. No matter how well designed, it couldn't resist such an enormous impact. So the reason that he popped over the curb was because he was trying to warm up the tires Uh too aggressively on the Uh exit of the pit lane, Mm -hmm. and just like spun out right into the path. Jeez. His car and his body were left in pieces. For a few seconds, the accident didn't seem that bad. I hardly felt a thing. My helmet didn't even get a dent. But then I looked in front of me and saw no front of the car and no legs. As for those who witnessed the crash up close, the scene looked like something out of a war movie. Cart doctor Terry Trammell and his team rushed to the scene of the crash, but when they arrived, the doctor slipped and fell in what he assumed to be leaking oil, but the reality was shockingly worse. He looked up and saw a river of Zanardi's blood flowing from the shattered vehicle. 
When I got there, I asked, where are Alex's legs? Remembers Tremel. Your mind says one thing and the eye says something else. You're looking at, and you're looking and something just wasn't right. It was almost in slow motion and it was deathly quiet. It was perfectly clear, no sound at all. Zanardi lost 70% of his blood. Jeez. And his heart stopped multiple times as he was rushed off the track and airlifted to a hospital in Berlin. He spent several days in a medically induced coma, but his life was miraculously saved. However, despite the heroism of both the track medics and German doctors, the 34-year-old would wake up to find both of his legs amputated above the knee. So the official count is his heart stopped seven times. Jeez. That's insane. My heart stops every time I look at you. (laughs) And not because of me, though. (laughs) (laughs) As for the cause of the crash, Jim Anderson, Zanardi's engineer, was stumped by the telemetry analysis. There were no signs of rear skidding. Acceleration was consistent, but the car had spun out in an incredible way. The data led them to believe that it was a cruel combination of cold tires, dirt scattered on the pit lane, and oil residue on the track, which was most likely from a different vehicle earlier in the race. Waluigi. (laughs) (laughs) A silver lining to the accident was that as a result of the heroic work of the trackside medics, safety teams across motorsport upgraded their medical equipment to improve traumatic injury treatment. They affectionately called the new set of gear the Zanardi Kit. The results have been undeniably positive as the kit was key in saving James Hinchcliffe's life when he punctured an artery in a 2015 crash at Indianapolis. Oof. In a split second, Alex Zanardi went from being one of the top racers in the world to a double amputee with an entirely new set of challenges. So began the next chapter of Zanardi's life. But while anyone else would understandably need time away from racing after such a life-altering experience, the Italian's restless competitive spirit was far from dimmed. Mario Andretti said that when he called Zanardi's home soon after the crash, his wife Daniela answered and said, Alex isn't home right now. He's carrying on as though he simply had his appendix out. I think the only way he'll slow down is if I kill him. <laughs> and Mario and Jenny was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Zanardi spent a lot of his initial post-injury time in the garage. Like the bikes and go-karts of his youth, he was determined to improve upon an already crafted design. But this time, he was tinkering with his new prosthetic legs. The resulting limbs were more flexible and sturdy, and before long, a return to racing was in his sights. When I lost my legs, it didn't uh, present itself as a great occasion to make my life better, said Zanardi. But in fact, it did, because all of the things I'm doing these days are directly related to my new condition. So, I think I can call what happened probably the greatest opportunity of my life. (laughs) (laughs) Then, less than 20 months after his crash, Zanardi was back at the track that almost killed him. Using hand-operated brake and acceleration controls, Zanardi ceremoniously completed the final 13 laps at speeds that would have seen him qualify in fifth place. Afterwards, Zanardi, flashing his trademark smile, told the media, quote, I don't feel like I was out of the car for that long. By 2003, Zanardi was racing in the European Touring Car Championship with the help of a modified BMW 320i and legendary racer-slash-team manager, Roberto Ravaglia. 
That year, Zanardi drove at the WTCC season finale in Monza and finished in a very respectable seventh place. That's great. With these races under his belt, Zanardi proved himself that he was both mentally and physically ready to compete at the highest possible level yet again. Who's the Formula One driver uh, of recent that got in a crash, kind of messed his hand up? Robert Kubica? Robert Kubica. Kubica? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of reminds me of that, but he his, his injuries weren't as bad, right? Uh, I mean, not as bad as Zanardi's, but he still, like, you know, had, it really, like, ruined his arm. But, he, yeah, I mean, he came back to Williams for, like, a season. Yeah. Brought that uh, oil company sponsorship with him, Orlean. <sighs> so, in 2004, Alex joined the WTCC circuit with BMW's Team Italy-Spain. Zanardi won his first race in August of 2005 and finished the season in 10th overall while claiming the Italian Super Touring Car Championship in the same year. Hell yeah, Zanardi. Zanardi competed with BMW for four more seasons, winning three more WTCC races throughout the prosperous run before announcing his retirement at the end of the 2009 season. We'll get back to more past gas, but right now, a word from our sponsors. Despite his quote-unquote retirement, Zanardi was in his mid-40s and looking for a new adventure. I was out to prove that there was no obstacles for the disabled. So he pursued a new passion, hand cycle racing. Now he had an obvious advantage because of his track experience, racing lines and such. And he was determined to learn everything he could about his new sport, which naturally, because he was him, included developing and engineering his own hand cycle. By 2011, he not only won the New York Marathon's hand cycle division, but Venice and Rome's as well. A second place finish at the World Championships the same year led to setting his sights on the 2012 Paralympics in London. Naturally, Zanardi found success, winning gold in the men's road time trial H4 and individual H4 road race, along with a silver medal in the relay. Because... Of the other guys. (laughs) In 2014, at the age of 47, Zanardi competed in the Ironman World Championship, where he finished 272nd and was 19th in his age category. So 272nd seems not close to the front, but it's very good. I mean, the fact that he even finished an Ironman in the championship. Yeah. And this is not like just disabled people. This is like the whole championship. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Soon after, he found himself back in a BMW and teamed up with his old pal, Roberto Rivaglia, when he competed in the Blancpain Spring Series, driving a modified Z4 GT3. I bet that thing looks sick. In the, in the white bread. <laughs> <laughs> then he landed back on his hand cycle for the 2016 Summer Paralympics in Brazil, where the Italian added to his trophy case again, as he snagged medals in road cycling, mixed team relay, and road race. These are the ones that's going to look good in my trophy case. (laughs) (laughs) On June 19th, 2020, the 53-year-old Zanardi was competing at the Obiavito Tricolori hand cycling relay in Tuscany when he sped down a blind curve, crossed the white line, and collided with an oncoming truck. Why are they not closing the roads for these? (laughs) They don't close the roads for, like, the Tour de France or anything. They don't? No. I think they do. They do. No. They must. They don't close the roads for like Monaco Grand Prix. Yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This, this guy over here. Hey. But I, uh, I don't think, uh, 
They might close like, dude, it's so many miles. I know, but they should have like a, like, hey, like a the road, race a is road. coming through here. Let's close down traffic for a sec when it goes by. Especially for a, I think he I'm was, sorry, I think a Paralympic like hand cycling race. Pre, they're, you're pretty Least low. Of all. You're pretty low to the ground. I bet, I think it sounds to me like he went off track. Yeah, it just sounds like he going downhill like, and then crossed into another lane. Yeah, he and just took hit it too a hard. That's what it sounds like to me. Well, they closed the lane that they were all going. I know, but like, why not just do both lanes? Because yeah. people got to get places. This truck guy probably just had a bunch of olives in the back or whatever. Oh, wow. you, you are. I want to apologize to all our listeners <laughs> who rely on olives to live and feed their children and pay their bills. Uh, past guest Nolan Sykes's uh, hatred and disgust <laughs> I of, like your, all of your livelihood is not I, a reflection. I of no, Joe, no, no. Of Joe Weber, there are other James people Rumpy, or the perhaps on this podcast <laughs> that do not all order olives on their foods. I love olives. I, Joe? Love, I absolutely love olives. Okay. Well, then it, definitely in this office, I've heard some. Oh, I am trying to put this on other people. I'm sorry. Wow. But, uh, wow. <laughs> oh, like I'm the only one who's never done that. Um, yeah, it must be freeing to be able to boil down a whole uh, genre of people into of one truck type driver. of food. Huh? Oh, I want to apologize for all of our uh, truck yes. drivers. Oh, sorry. Not, you're not always hauling stuff uh, all the time. There's some of you who are probably in the truck right now. Nolan Sykes' opinions and statements do not reflect the opinions of Joe Weber, anyway, Jason Zanardi, Pascas, or the Dunn Media Corporation. <laughs> no. And Zanardi suffered severe cranial trauma and was airlifted to a hospital in Siena where he was placed in a medically induced coma again and underwent a three hour long emergency neurosurgery. Well, your olive joke uh, isn't so funny anymore, is it? I'm not the one who opened the roads while a Paralympic hand cycling competition was going on Objection. and allowed Objection, and a honest. massive truck full Conjecture. of olives <laughs> to go up and hit racing legend Alex Zanardi. Zanardi suffered severe cranial trauma and was airlifted to a hospital in Siena where he was placed in a medically induced coma and underwent a three-hour-long emergency neurosurgery. He spent 18 months in the hospital, most of which was in isolation because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Until his wife of 25 years, Daniela, was finally able to bring him home in December of last year. Man, I can't imagine Jeez. being in the hospital during like 2020. No, man. Awful. I was in the hospital for like three days. Mm -hmm. Watching Nurse Jackie. Watching Nurse Jackie, but before covid and it, like I almost freaked out. I hated it so much. I would, like almost like ripped all the stuff off me and like left. Yeesh. Since then, Alex has been on a steady road to recovery. When asked about his progress, Daniela said, "Quote: There's nobody better than him to show you that you're not done when a curveball is thrown at you. You react to it and you make something else happen. That's what Alex does." Daniela sounds like a baseball fan. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Maybe I'll try and hang out with her. <laughs> <laughs> Looking for friends. Looking for friends. <laughs> <laughs> Alex Zanardi is a champion, a survivor, and a legend. From his father's garage to Formula One to spinning the first celebratory donut to the Paralympic Games, the fearless Italian has been unstoppable. Fellow driver Mario Andretti has said Alex was a factor on every track. He wasn't just good, he was great. A good driver wins the race by starting from pole position. A great driver wins regardless of the conditions. Alex was superb if everything was perfect, but even better if everything wasn't. 
Whoa, that's a cool quote. Dude, that is really cool. Why is it that like all these guys are like really good at one thing are also really good at talking? Very good. <laughs> Making cool quotes. Yeah. I sound like a garbage truck when I talk. I am not <laughs> articulate at all. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's probably like a million other quotes from Mario Andretti that are like, honey, have you seen my purple underwear? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I've seen him in his underwear. Yeah, almost. <laughs> we almost had a whole episode mentioning <laughs> with uh, Alex or Alex with Mario Andretti uh, without mentioning. I think James Pumphrey stole my purple underwear. <laughs> <laughs> I leave, they don't tell you about those quotes. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> Why are you sniffing so aggressively? <laughs> That's right, Mario Andretti. I sniff your events. <laughs> <laughs> a slurping sound with your nose. It's gotta be it's wet. <laughs> it may be that Zanardi's competitive spirit is only secondary to his relentless optimism and sense of humor. I think I talked to him one time about the 2001 accident, recalls Alex's cart manager, Chip Ganassi, and we never mentioned his legs again. We all thought it was the end of a great career, but we didn't realize that it was the beginning of another one. Alex strung together a life that 10 men couldn't achieve. That's cool, too. Yeah. One of his oldest friends and racing peers, Max Pappas, said when he visited Zanardi after losing his legs, Alex looked down at his shoes and joked, You see, that's a good thing. I won't have to spend money on buying a new shoes. How can you match that? <laughs> Pompous went on to praise Zanardi's legacy. He's been life-changing to so many people, especially in Italy. Maybe the most inspirational story about Zanardi comes from former teammate Jimmy Vassar. Less than 10 days after the accident at Laos' ring, Vassar remembers walking into the hospital room to find Zanardi combing and blow-drying his hair as if nothing had happened. In that simple moment, one where Vassar was prepared for gut-wrenching conversation, he realized the soup... <laughs> Fuck you guys. <laughs> he realized the superhuman resilience of Alex Zanardi I'd gone there to be there for him But he was there for me From the day I walked in And he was drying his hair It was about my healing, not his He wasn't just a great teammate But a great friend I think we can all agree one thing Alex Zanardi's incredible story Can inspire anyone to see opportunities Within a setback Live life to the fullest And never give up no matter the challenge. Wow, what a guy. What a guy. Wow. That's, I mean, imagine losing 70% of your blood and then, like, trying to get out of the the hospital. 70% of your blood. And your legs. And just being like, guess I don't need uh, shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting a little too uh, hyper beastie. <laughs> <laughs> Guess I can uh, uninstall StockX. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah, great story. Very good. But wait, there's more. There's a fan mail. Can I read it this time? Yeah. Joe, please right. read it. This is from Chris Appleton. He says, Hi, guys. Big fan of the show. Been listening since the beginning. I'd just like to claim the prize for being the first person to have their car totaled while listening to past <laughs> guests. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Probably laughing too hard. <laughs> uh, I was listening to the James Hunt episode on May 9th when I was T-boned on the highway. How do you get T-boned on a highway? Yeah, crazy. Not how I wanted my beloved one owner 98 Camry to go. Oh, man. But that lump of Japanese steel kept me safe. Oh, yeah. Thanks for all the great episodes. Please keep it up. I've learned a lot, and I look forward to learning more on from my favorite podcast, 
that's not about farts. Oh, yeah. That's Thanks, Chris Appleton. Gas. Yeah, Chris, uh, dude, very glad that you're safe and alive. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's and insane. You didn't get your legs blown off. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was an interesting fan mail to pair with this episode. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Christine has- <laughs> Big thanks to Gavin Kinsel, our producer, Christina Falski, our producer, uh, director, and our writer, Luke Klomping, for an amazing script on this one. All right. Follow the boys. Uh, at Nolan J. Sykes, at Joe G. Weber. Follow me at James Pumphrey. Uh, if you didn't know, we also have a YouTube channel, Donut Media. Uh, we also make clothes. You can go to donutmedia.com, pick up some of those. Pretty cool designs. Look really cool. I'm wearing some right now, so are the other two guys. But we get them for free. So, um, All right. Take care. I've never seen this man before in my life. <laughs> eat your olives. <laughs> yeah, eat your olives. Oh, too late, Nolan. <laughs> too late. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.